Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello and welcome to Engage for Success Radio. Uh, this is show number 446 and we're going to be talking about performance management in 2022 post-pandemic. What performance management means today in a world that seems almost entirely employee-centric, um, yet with a possible recession around the corner. So Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement, and we are the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We're raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups, developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. Do visit us at engageforsuccess.com Org, um, where you can learn more uh, and access all of our free to download materials and resources. And you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, which will keep you up to date with, what, with what's going on and what events are coming up, as well as details of our radio shows, of course, as well. So I'm Jo Moffat. I'm one of the regular hosts of Engage for Success Radio and a volunteer with Engage for Success. Um, but as uh, with all of our volunteers, and we are a movement entirely supported by volunteers. Um, I also have a day job. I'm managing director and founder of Woodread. And Woodread is a specialist creative agency. Uh, we use the tools, the techniques, and the insight-led approach of the advertising and marketing world to help our clients create great places to work, high-performing cultures of engaged employees. Um, so um, to help us explore today's topic around performance management, I'm very pleased to be joined by Roly Walter. Roly is founder of an organization called Appraised, and um, he'll be telling us a little bit more about that in the moment, in a moment. Moment. But welcome to the show, Roly. Good to have you with us. Joe, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's, I'm, it, I'm delighted to be here. It's my pleasure. And um, thank you. Uh, so, uh, you know, very, very much a timely topic at the moment and um, mm. a little bit of crystal ball, ball gazing going to be going on as well, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, I know also you've done a bit of research um, in the last year, which I'm, I'm keen to learn a little bit more about. But before we get into that, just tell us a little bit about your background, um, where, you know, where you've come okay. from to be doing what you're currently doing. Um, and also perhaps a little bit about Appraised because it's an organization that many of our listeners may not have heard of. Certainly. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone ever, uh, Steve Jobs said, you know, you've got to join the dot backwards. And certainly I didn't um, set out aged uh, 20, leaving university to, to do this or 22. Um, but I've ended up having a wonderful 20 year career in HR technology and it, it started out, I was at university, I did an engineering degree, so I've always been interested in technology. Then I, my first job was at um, a business analyst at Goldman Sachs in HR, mm-hmm. and that's where I really got to understand what HR did, and I became sort of fascinated between this intersection of technology and employees and you know, people at the workplace, and you know, we spent a lot of time there trying to figure out how we could help people be more... Um, productive and fulfilled using tools to automate things, tools to kind of enhance things that people were doing already. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great fun. And I, I did that for a few years and then um, skip forward a few years in the wilderness, perhaps, and then to 2012, which is when I decided to create Appraised. And um, yeah, it was a kind of classic 
I don't know if your your listeners are familiar with the uh, the lean startup, but it was a classic lean startup from the right. garden shed. Yes, and um, you know where I sort of yeah have, have come from there really. Right, so so kitchen kitchen table garden shed, start yep. it low and lean and uh, and grow. So how many how many years ago was that? Did you say really? So that was about ten years ago, and we've we've grown organically from them. So we're not a VC funded. Um, startup or anything like that we've grown purely through customer growth and revenue which mm-hmm. has been great it's been a really enjoyable um yeah fulfilling experience because we've got very very close to our customers and really we've, we've had lots of great feedback from them which has enabled us to build a product that's really genuinely useful to them and we know it is because we're not um you know it because we don't have the luxury of huge kind of private equity backing backing or anything like that you know we really have to make it work and and now we've got to the point where we've got about it must be 230 organizations who use appraised and most of them in the UK but got some all over the world mm-hmm. and um, uh, 40 or 50,000 employees who use it very regularly and um, yeah it's been it's been a really good fun story I think Okay, and so as our topic today is performance management, I'm I'm, mm. I'm guessing that appraise the tool is enables performance management to be managed yes. better. Yeah, that's exactly it. So mm. appraise, so it's a it's a full a fully featured performance management system. So um, it does all the usual things. So it does uh, performance reviews, check ins, um, conversations, goals development, uh, talent and succession, all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we hopefully have a, a, a unique spin on it, which is that we're kind of highly, um, our, our, all of our implementations are highly customized to suit the organization's culture. Right. So, you know, when we, we sort of set out to work with a new organization, quite often we'll, have, we'll start with a blank sheet of paper and say, okay, well, what are your, you know, why did you use, call us what are you looking for and often it'll start off with something like oh well we've got this terrible process it needs automating and everybody hates it and and no one really you know gives it any the time of day and so on um and then we'll end up actually they'll they'll say well actually what we're really looking to do is we want to shift our culture slightly or we want to um we've got a we want to retain people at mid-level or whatever it is and so we'll end up with these quite sort of more more interesting and ambitious goals and of course, all the admin is, is also automated, but these more interesting goals, and then we'll design something on our platform that will work for that organization. And, you know, every, every implementation can be quite different. It's, right. right. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. It's really good fun. Um, and I think this, it, you know, the, the reason why I decided to do this was just my own experience of uh, appraisals, which were mm. kind of very painful process. Mm. Yeah. Um, but occasionally you'd have a really, I mean, I did have one boss who was absolutely fantastic. We had regular conversations. She always told me exactly where I was, gave me fantastic feedback, including some feedback I can still remember now, 20 years later. And it was so direct and, um, and specific that I, you know, I haven't forgotten it. And, um, and that experience made me think, actually, there is something here that is absolutely essential and um, hugely valuable. Yes. Um, But, you know, sometimes we get a little bit lost along the way by putting in too many processes and uh, forms and things like that in place. Yeah. Okay. well, I'm going to I'm going to come in in a little while. I'm going to I'm going to 
ask you the sort of the million dollar question really which is you know is performance management an annual appraisal or is it Mm. Is it something different now in 2022? But but before we do that, let's just 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 sort of define our terms a little bit. So, engage with success. We are a, the UK's leading voice around employee engagement. Um, that said, uh, one of our thought and action groups specifically looks at performance management. You know, they are they are intrinsically linked. I'd like to hear your view. Are they you know are they two sides of the same coin? You know, is it a chicken and egg? What what comes first? If you manage performance management well, do you get employee engagement or does does an engaged work is an engaged workforce essential to deliver a you know a, a good performance management process can you can you have one without the other you know what what's your mm. take on the relationship between the two things i think that's a great question i think they are absolutely intrinsically linked you know for me performance management is about helping managers and employees get the best from each other Mm-hmm. And I think if you're able to do that, then you will, you, well, you will have engaged employees and you can only do it if they are engaged. Okay. So let's ask my million dollar question then, you know, is, is this an annual, is, is effective performance management an, a once a year appraisal or is there something, is there something more to it than that? Yes. I think um, the annual appraisal is, you know, something that, that, that many people dread. Mm. but it's not dead yet for some reason. Why hasn't it died out? And there I is think a that, school of thought, isn't there, mm. Rowley? There is a school of thought that says, you know, performance, the, the annual appraisal is dead, long live performance management, that sort of kind of in, ongoing day in, day out kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. And so what we're seeing, with certainly with our, organ, our clients, is that people are trying to move to a... They've got a vision for the future, which is continuous performance management conversations mm-hmm. that happen freely and, and frequently and regularly between manager and employee. Mm-hmm. And people know where they stand all the time. They're mm-hmm. able to uh, understand what the point is of the work that they're doing. So they get that sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've got clear goals so they can be autonomous. And um, that is the ideal solution. And our system, for example, and, and you know, most modern systems will support that kind of regular check-in and one-to-one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, we do find that many organizations are really keen on bringing back an annual review or a six-monthly review. And it's less of an appraisal. It's not like, you know, here's, here's an assessment of your performance. It's more of a reflection on how the year has gone. Mm-hmm. Take stock. Think of and, and, you know, look at all the great things that you've achieved. Look at where we were this time last year and look where you are now. Mm-hmm. And where could you be in, the, you know, in another 12 months time? It's almost like a career conversation, but centered around um, the, the company's goals as well as your own, your own career ambitions. Yeah. So it's more strategic. It's a more, I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, obviously, you know, performance sensible performance management has to be linked to the delivery of an organization's overall strategy doesn't it clearly yes um and you need to set goals and targets and objectives and so on that support that and and that strategic process that strategic planning cycle doesn't happen every day and therefore you wouldn't necessarily measure performance against that as an organization every day so you you probably do need some some milestones in a, in, yeah. in that that are more visible in the road rather than just this constant process of, 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 of checking in and knowing where you are. Exactly. I think that's right. And it's important to, yeah, to choose the cadence that suits mm-hmm. what you're trying to achieve and, and, you know, what's feasible. So 
you know, part of the part of the system is meant to give alignment on those strategic goals and communicate what those goals are and reinforce and communicate what the values of the organization are. And so, um, you know, many people see a performance management system as a process for doing that again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So, um, so people understand what their, what their, the work that they're doing on a daily basis, how that's really actually contributing to the company's goals as well. And that will help to kind of give that sense of purpose, um, and that everyone's looking for and you know so they don't feel like they're just a, a cog in a large machine yeah yeah okay so we're going to look ahead we're going to look at performance management 2022 and beyond um but but I'd like to just look back before we do that because you mm-hmm. did you did some research last year didn't you and I I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about that and what some of the key findings were around performance yeah. management because that will obviously inform our thinking and, and and the discussion as to kind of where we go from here on absolutely yeah so at the end of last year we spoke to some of our um, existing customers and mm-hmm. we uh, we had some very long interesting conversations with them and it was a really it's a really interesting time right this was just before the um, war in Ukraine mm-hmm. it's coming coming out of covid mm-hmm. Um, I think we were probably not thinking about recession at the time, but perhaps, um, you know, there were some concerns about interest rate rises and things like that. Yeah. And um, there were kind of two interesting themes that we heard again and again and again. So one was around um, getting stuff done and and executing the strategy. So, you know, and this is just sort of obvious, really. And it's kind of amazing that it just was still number one thing, which is, you know, we need people more than ever before to be executing on our strategy. And we're worried that everyone's now distributed. We, we can't, I don't know why, but because we can't see them, we don't know exactly what everyone's doing. And we're worried people are doing great work, but maybe in the wrong direction or then or not focusing on the right thing. So we need to get people to be executing our strategy. And it's more important than ever mm-hmm. before. And then a real awareness from everyone that we spoke to around employee retention. So obviously we had the great resignation, great resignation going on and people making new choices for themselves in their lives about where they're going to work and who for. Mm. And, you know, a real fear of the cost of um, employee churn increasing. Right. And so, yeah. So from that, it, it was really interesting in that it was, the same things that people have been worried about for a very long time. And, uh, you know, in a way, not much has changed really. Mm. So, but it, it, it was encouraging from our point of view. From your point of view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so did you get a sense from that as to, or, or, or more perhaps from your own experience of the last two years, how, the pandemic and I'm loath to talk about it in the past tense because I think you know there's still yes. they, you know, there's still in, enormous waves lurking and numbers going up on a daily basis particularly at the moment aren't there but yeah. um you know let's not talk about it in the past tense it's a bit of an ongoing thing something we've obviously got to learn we're going to have you know learn to live with so but you know how has the last two years changed things from a performance management perspective is is the biggest thing this point you were making about, well, you know, the proportion of hybrid work workers or remote workers means that people can no longer tell if people are focusing on the right things. <laughs> well, I think that was possibly the concern originally, but I think that's I think that's largely gone away. But mm-hmm. 
Um, and I think that's because people have adapted incredibly quickly. Most, most organizations in the UK, I think, have adapted very quickly and got on board with the idea of measuring outcomes rather than just activity. Mm. And I think that's been a really positive move. And certainly that's something that we've seen with, with the organizations that we know, the ones that we're close to, our, our clients. Um, and that people have actually really embraced this. And it's almost really broken the taboo of um, presenteeism and, and obviously working from home. And personally, I think it's been a, a fantastic thing in that regard. Um, I, you know, personally, I can say that I've had more check-ins with my own team than, uh, than ever before, thanks to mm. remote working. Because actually, it's very, very easy just to have a, a one-to-one at a moment's notice without having to book a meeting room or, um, you know, find a, a quiet area where we can't be overheard or anything like that. Actually, being able to do it remotely, personally, I found has been fantastic. And I know few people who felt the same. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it certainly has been one of the, one of and there have been a few silver linings um, of this last two years, really. And I think that is absolutely one of them. But that the kind of approach to work that so many of us have been banging on mm. about for years, um, in some cases, yeah. de- decades against meeting quite a big resistance, huge resistance. Oh, we couldn't possibly do that. We couldn't possibly do that. Um, especially, you know, if you think about some of those big organisations, financial services organisations, we cannot do banking with a remote workforce. We cannot deliver customer contact centres with a remote workforce. Well, funnily enough, they managed it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, in fact, all the, the data suggests that productivity has has gone up. So, I mean, I know there are there are a few loud voices who bang on about this not being you know the right thing and they think it's a joke and all the rest of it you know Alan Sugar being one of them and there are certain people within our own government who perhaps have similar views um but these are perhaps some of the the louder noises but they're certainly not the the the, they're not they don't reflect the breadth of thinking I think that most sensible people have um you know do you think there are risks to organizations for embracing remote working embracing sort of employee well-being and you know excellent employee experience do you think that's is it is that just soft and nonsensical quote you know is that (laughs) is that crazy stuff or what I think I know where you're going to go (laughs) (laughs) well do you know what I'm going to split those two things so I think are are there risks to um going sort of let's say remote first and, and and getting rid of the office yes I think there are I think there are some people who really love um, the office environment or just a you know love having a social day and being around other people and they get energy from that mm-hmm. and um, I, I certainly know plenty of anecdotal um, examples of people who um, struggle working from home um, so there is a risk there that we we do need to consider um, but on the other hand if we if we separate that out and, and thinking now about employee well-being and being um, being good to your employees and doing right by them, it's an absolute no-brainer and a, and a win-win for any organization to, to concentrate on the well-being uh, and you know, safety, psychological or otherwise, of their employees so that they can be productive and enjoy um, doing the work that you're asking them to do. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I think it, you know, it's, it's, it, 
it's about not putting things in one extreme or another, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. this whole, it's no, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a cliche to say there's no one size fits all. And yes, mm. it's, you know, it's true, but, but organizations and the people that are planning policy need to just be more considered and more intentional and more thoughtful yeah. about how they balance the, the working day and give people the freedom to make their own choices and uh, and listen to what their employees are saying I think is very important Absolutely. but it does put huge stress on on managers doesn't it team leaders because you know the poor old hard-pressed team leader or manager in the middle that <laughs> you know it's yet another thing for them to have chucked at them isn't it to say you've got to <laughs> you've got to manage your teams remotely now or you've got to manage worse you've got to manage a balance and you've got you've got a, a load of young gen z's who desperately want to come into work because they actually you know, they get a buzz out of that. And then you've got a bunch of people who really quite happily say, never going to come into the office again. And actually the reality is you need to create reasons for everyone to come in and collaborate, yeah. be creative, be innovative, but also give people the space to say, well, actually I want to be productive on this piece of work and I'm much better doing that, working in an uninterrupted way in my home home office, if I've got the luxury of one of those, of course, which, you know, again... Not everyone does. Not everyone does. So it absolutely can't be one thing for everybody. And, and I, I think that's that's equally as damaging as the old presenteeism, 95 yeah. rigidity, you must be there, you can't ever work at home. You know, they're both equally as damaging in their own right. And there's a, you know, there's a middle way somewhere down the middle, which isn't, an, again, in, in and of itself isn't a, a one size fits all. It's not like 50-50 at all, is it? Yeah. No, absolutely not. So you're right. I think there has been a big shift in that regard. And um, in, in some ways, I think the, the, the pandemic has, has done a great thing for employment, which is breaking down that sort of professionalism, that, that sort of what I, what I would consider unhelpful professionalism, where you, when you walk in the door, you leave all of your kind of family or your the rest of your life behind and you become somebody who is just there to work and get stuff done and um yeah. you know you've got no other influences on you you know which I think is just um impossible now yeah and and I think it's done you know that the the pandemic has been useful you know obviously we don't want to say any, really anything positive about it if we can but um it's been useful in humanizing management and leadership um I mean all good managers and leaders leaders are um, are obviously um, very much uh, understand the human nature of the people that they manage. But um, it's been a it's been a good way to kind of institutionalize being a an authentic and, and human manager. Mm-hmm. So I you know because they've had to grapple with issues around um, illness or um, just the inability to 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 work from home or um, feeling um lonely or you know wanting to come into the office or or just simply being unable to and so on I think that's been really really good because it really ultimately that means that those managers and in and their team members are going to be able to eventually they will figure out something that works Mm. for them and that's going to be better than anything we had before I think yeah yeah no I I think you're absolutely right Rowley and and of course without without wishing to sort of um plug plug your tool particularly overtly Mm. I mean it's true isn't it that everything that we 
been trying to do in the last two years has been utterly enabled by technology in one form or another. You know, none of this yeah. could have possibly happened um, if we hadn't got the, the cloud and the tech infrastructure and the productivity tools and the, you know, the collaboration software and all of these things that actually many of us have been embracing for the last few years and um, many organizations were well on the way to rolling out. I mean, you know, thank, thank goodness for Office 365 or <laughs> Google, the whole Google suite, you know, what? not really quite sure how any of this could have possibly happened. Out no. those two things and then all the various additional tools and apps and and, and bits of development that go go alongside with those so absolutely yeah, yeah. no i think technology can be a, a fantastic um enabler of behavioral change uh, in, mm. for, for 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 the good and i think um yeah that's certainly that's something that we're trying to achieve is try to to help managers, imagine you're a new manager and you're working from home. You, you haven't even met the people you manage in person. You haven't met your own manager. Perhaps you've, you've never been a manager before. You've never witnessed a, another great manager, perhaps you're earlier on in your career. Yeah. And, you know, where do you start? And, and I think, you know, doing a bit of e-learning is not going to um, do everything for you. So, yeah, we're trying to help managers be great managers by um, giving them some guardrails to hold on to and giving them mm-hmm. um, a sort of, I guess I hate to use this word, sorry, but a curated um, set of tools that, uh, you know, that can help them understand how to manage their team members in the culture that they find themselves within the organization that they're working within. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mind the word curated, Rowley. I think it's <laughs> I think it's a perfectly good word because it's a very useful me, word. You know, uh, the other the other side of curated content or curated tools or anything curated is that you get presented with way too much choice. You're like a kid in a mm. sweet shop. You don't know where to start, where to begin, what to do first, and Absolutely. so you know that and that is actually with all the will in the world to actually try and work with something or do something or make change that can be the biggest turn off and the biggest barrier to, to any kind of change or success that we have I mean that's just human nature isn't it so yes. if we've got somebody holding our hand and wandering us through something saying well actually why don't you start here or actually given your circumstances that would be relevant I don't I'd try that if I were you I mean yep. it's um yeah I know it's a word, but it's a good word. I, I, it I is. Don't, yeah, I, I'm not going to fight. Okay, I'm not going to. I'll take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry. Okay, so we've got a couple of minutes left. That's all. Um, <laughs> I just want to look, look, there's probably two phrases I want to say and just ask your view on. One, the great resignation, you know, what, what, what do you think about that? And then secondly, um, what do you think about a recession around the corner? You know, we, how do we, how do we deal with that or how do we deal with the fear of that potentially rather than perhaps the reality of it? Cause I'm sure as and when, and if it does come, there's going to be umpteen opportunities for us to discuss that yes. as well. So in the, in the sort of two or three minutes we've got remaining great resignation and a little bit about recession. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, okay. I'll, I'll see if I can cover this in two minutes, but um, <laughs> I think, um, I mean, I think it's fascinating that we're seeing, both sort of simultaneously yeah isn't it's, it, it's extraordinary so yeah. um i don't know if maybe the great resignation will come to a, a shift a swift end um but I, I don't know but i think 
um, I guess some of the tools that people can use or, or companies can use to deal with both of those are all around um, authenticity and you know being open and honest about what you're trying to achieve as an organization. And if you can say, look, this is this is where we're going, this is what we're hoping to do, and this is where we hope to be, and maybe even ride out this recession coming. And um, this is, you know, we're planning ahead, we're looking ahead, we want to keep you on board, and we want to, um, we, we need your help getting us there. We may not be able to pay you anymore. Um, you know, worst comes to worst, maybe we even need to um, restructure, we need to cut down, you know, hours or something like that, but we, we need you. And um, you're, you're going to be the ones that help us get there. I think if you can be a bit more authentic and honest about these things, and I, I think that can help. I mean, I've been through two recessions myself, and certainly that's, those are the actions of senior leaders that, that stayed with me and kept me on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree with you wholeheartedly. It's about, it's about honesty and authenticity. And, as, and I think you're right. I think those qualities can do, um, can address either of those. Yeah things if, if and when either of them materialize you know the, the great resignation is actually around retaining the right talent mm. um, and engaging the right talent in, in your organization and where it's going and of course if recession comes and difficult decisions have to be taken you want to make sure you've got again you've got the right talent with you yeah to, with the skills and the engagement and the attitude and the motivation to help you as a business get through that. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, totally, totally agree with you. What a, a very positive way to end our show today, Roly. So um, <laughs> really just remains for me to, to thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for sharing your thoughts around performance management and you know, where we've come from and where we're going. Uh, Roly Walter, founder of Appraise, thank you very much. And thank you for listening to Engage with Success Radio. And meanwhile, don't forget you can download or stream any of the great shows from our archive at any time. Just visit engagewithsuccess.org where you can find um, all of that. And if you want to get involved in the movement, and as I said at the beginning, we are entirely dependent upon volunteers. We are always looking for like-minded people who believe in the importance of putting people at the heart of business thinking, uh, please get in touch at engagewithsuccess.org if you'd like to learn more about being involved with the movement. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you, Roly. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. And goodbye. Thanks a lot. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.